What's up, world? WRPF Podcast, episode 36. I'm your host, Alex Uslar. Today, my guest is none other than myself. It's your end of the year WRPF recap, whatever you want to call it, show. You Merry Christmas, you Happy New Year. For a couple years, a couple days removed from Christmas, a few days away from the new year. What a year for powerlifting and overall growth of powerlifting in the tested and the untested side, uh, in my opinion, more so than we've seen in years. I mean, if you guys religiously listen to this podcast, you guys hear me nerd out a lot with my different guests, talk about, you know, the old days for us, you know, people that are around my age, I just turned 31, who got into powerlifting, you know, 2013, 2014, and kind of came up with those years of it still being, um, you know, somewhat niche and to see what it's exploded into to this present day. And 2023 has just been a massive year of growth in every regard. You hear me talk very, very positively about, you know, the USAPL, even the IPF. I was able to attend um, the Sheffield meet. Huge shout out to Pete Spence for what he did with that meet. You know, even though that meet has nothing to do with our federation and to do with this podcast, we are fans of powerlifting and the sport as a whole. I'm a fan of powerlifting and the sport as a whole. So, Federations are just different platforms. Are all federations created equal? No, but we give respect where respect is due. And SBD, Pete, and the IPF put on an insane meet, quite possibly like the, the biggest event that's ever happened. They had like 2,000 spectators. Absolutely insane. And then in the other side of things, our side, the WRPF, this year are three pro-level competitions, the main being the Ghost Clash and the American Pro. And then, of course, you have Surge the New Levels that has been around for years now. Combined, we gave away over $100,000. Obviously, when you talk about the Sheffield, it's a very different meet. There's a large prize fund, but there's a small amount of lifters that get to compete at that. With the American Pro, with uh, the Ghost Clash and the Surge, which is similar format to the Ghost Clash, having pro and amateur options, it's readily available to people of everywhere, right? No matter what level you are. And for us to be able to combine, give away over $100,000, um, you know, under the WRPF's umbrella, just with that has been very, very cool. Um, so I'm already rambling. If you guys don't know these solo episodes, I'm king of rambling. So we're just going to ramble. We're going to talk for 20, 30 minutes, talk about the year. So fasten your seatbelt. We'll hop on in. So, the pro our pro level events kicked off the year with the ghost clash right second ghost clash uh i ever ran and first year being in 2022 was a huge success historically before that if you guys don't know i founded and ran for 3 years uh the hybrid showdown meet when i worked for hybrid which the first year was under uspa and then hybrid showdown 2 hybrid showdown 3 was under the wrpf when I became a WRPF meet director back many, many moons ago, it's crazy that that meet was, you know, it was so heavily talked about. So many pros came out to it, but it still feels like such a long time ago. You know, though that was pre COVID, you know, the last year that I ran hybrid showdown three was 2021. So it was post COVID, but 
just to think about those early years, it's, it's crazy how much power shifted and changed and grown since then. So going into 2021, when I started my own gym, I started my own businesses, I started the Ghost Clash. First year being in 2022, huge success. We, we gave away $36,000 in prize money in 2022. And then getting to this year's, the second Ghost Clash, I moved it out of a huge gym that I had rented and used for 2022, found an absolutely insanely cool venue. If you guys were there, if you know, you know, if you're coming this year, get ready. Super, super cool brewery, bar, food, great lighting, just great seating. It was such, such a cool place and so hard to find in Miami. Miami's full of venues like that. We're not going to talk about how much money I spent on this venue. I spent so much money. The same place anywhere else would have cost an eighth, a sixth of the price of what I paid for the weekend. But this was still like the most affordable option. I mean, I'm kid you not when I say I looked at venues and they wanted $70,000, $80,000 for the weekend to run a powerlifting event. Miami is nuts. But I was able to find this uh, uh, venue, you know, which was fit into my budget, still a ton of money, but a really, really cool spot. This year's Ghost Clash, like we said, we kicked off the year in February. Um, we gave away $50,000 in prize money. Um, two days, pros, amateurs. It was such a good, awesome time. And amidst that meet going on, you know, was a lot of craziness, right? You guys know about it this year. Like I said, it's been a, a year of growth across all federations, a year of drama, a year of craziness, but drama follows you everywhere. Drama is always everywhere. Um, was the switch from people going from one fed to another and deciding where they wanted to be. And all that was happening while I was getting ready for my event at the end of February. And it was, it was quite crazy, quite dramatic, um, but it still made for a great event. What I think was very cool is a lot of people who wanted to then support a different federation come over to, you know, our federation, the WRPF, who previously wouldn't have were there at that event. People who weren't planning it being at the Ghost Clash, you know, a couple of weeks had transpired since all these events, they came out. It was a great kind of, you know, unity uh, event of all these different people, people who played a role in helping grow and facilitate and create a new home for for lifters and meet directors, right? So this year has really been a year of rehoming. A lot of people finding a new home for their platform, uh, you know, for their events that they want to compete in, for their events that they're going to run. And I think, you know, kicking off the year with the Ghost Clash, was a fantastic way for people to see, you know, what we have, the WRPF has to offer, what we've been building for years now, kind of behind the scenes and led to just, you know, astronomical amounts of growth in this year compared to previous years. We started this podcast, you know, our pro level meets just kept elevating up. A1 Digital. You guys know about A1 Digital. If you watch any of our meets, that is A1 Digital. That's Anna Perez, who's the the president or the vice president of the WRPF. So she's here behind the scenes. Then she's at all those meets, giving you guys the best production, giving you guys the best, you know, visual at home as possible, the best memories for the lifters. And it's just something that you have we haven't seen in a lot of other federations. And we're excited that we were able to bring and we've had it. 
but now it's gotten a lot more traction, a lot more notice, you know, those live streams that uh, Anna and her team runs, you know, besides being at the ghost clash at WRPF nationals at surge, the new levels at smaller meets at surge at the American pro, et cetera. And as we keep going down the year, we'll talk about some of those other events, but what's cool to see is, you know, like you, I'm talking about that growth and that change over that year in you guys, like I said, I'm a nerd. I like numbers, I like statistics, blah, 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 blah. The specifics of year over year growth in 2022, the WRPF had just a little over 2,200 members, 2,200 members, right? In 2022 here up to where we're at. So year's not done, but we might as well say the year's done. Uh, in 2023, we have just shy of 10,000 members in the WRPF. 9,159 members closing out 2023 with. That's over triple, over 300% growth. And that is thanks to you guys for supporting this federation, believing in what we are trying to do and trying to grow. Um, A very cool statistic also is the amount of growth of juniors. We had only 200 and some change juniors in 2022, 2023, over 2000 juniors. So that's a little less than a quarter of our total amount of members are juniors under 23 years old. You guys have heard me hammer and talk about this also. Is this the massive surge of young people in the sport of powerlifting as a gym owner? The massive surge of young people in my gym and getting excited about the sport and doing something good and positive for themselves as opposed to like the shit that I was doing when I was 18, 17 years old. Wish I knew about powerlifting then. Um, so it's it's really cool to see and thank you guys for supporting the Federation. Thank you for supporting the show. You know, just shy of 10,000 members in this year. Can't wait to see what happens next year. We have over 450 refs across the United States, 48 different meet directors in 27 different states. And think about the room for improvement there, right? 48 meet directors in 27 states. Think about all those other states that don't have a presence yet. Super excited to see how and where it will grow in 2024. Um, and if, if you guys are in a state, you know, where you're bummed because the WRPF isn't there, there's not a meet director, there's not a state chair, send us an email, send us a DM, let us know. We have meet directors who travel out to other states. If you have a gym, if you know of a gym and you want the presence of the WRPF there, send us a message because 2024 sky's the limit, Right. Who knows how many states will be in? Who knows how many members we'll have? But it's been an awesome year of growth, right? So all those statistics happening, starting from that snowball effect in February and March and creating a new home and a new change. Um, 2022, the American Pro, you know, along with the Ghost Clash, but the American Pro really elevated professional powerlifting where, you know, Anna was and Micah were doing things that people haven't seen before, you know, with these video walls, with this production quality, with all this different stuff um, to make it absolutely insane. So going into 2023, we wanted to figure out how to space things out and give people a more appropriate calendar year. So American Pro has moved later on into the year, right? We're just, you know, six, seven 
eight weeks, whatever it is, removed from the second American Pro. But with all that planning was the, I believe this is the third WRPF Nationals in the United States, but by far the biggest, right? This was now uh, a little over halfway through the year in September, WRPF Nationals, three-platform meet over three days, uh, you know, initially over 500 lifters registered. Um, that was a huge, huge change and shift from what we had on a national level historically. Now, to kind of backtrack slightly, when I talk about these statistics of WRPF members, I should more specifically say WRPF America, right? Because the WRPF is a worldwide federation, but each country is ran independently with a different governing body and different people overseeing the federation, right? Like us here in the U.S., we are not connected with the WRPF in Russia, or we're not connected with the WRPF in Australia. We're not connected with the, the WRPF in uh, in Canada. Although WRPF started in Russia, and that would, we would have the closest connection to them because they are the, the starters of it. We still have our own rule book, our own set of rules, our own kind of you know governing body that is unique to the United States. So all those statistics of members, meet directors, et cetera, that is all strictly to the United States. It's not including Canada, who has their own system and their own way of doing things, and they have grown astronomically as well, uh, from my understanding, over the last year. Russia, Australia, these other countries have been doing it for years and years and years um, and have their own ways. And a lot of their ways are very different than ours. You know, and a lot of people will get confused when they see some of the things that happen in another country under the same name, but it's just the same but different. So I hope that explanation helped people understand in case you didn't know that information or you were unsure, you saw some things, you're like, wait, what, this, that. WRBF Americas is its own thing. And all that growth we just talked about was just here in the United States. Adding the Nationals, like we said, we just added it for the first time a few years ago. WRPF just came over to the U.S., you know, a handful of years ago. I was one of the first, if not like the first five, meet directors for the WRPF in the United States. Um, so adding Nationals as of a, la a couple years ago, it was really like a small local level meet. It was a one day, then two day, you know, not a whole ton of lifters, but this year had shown a massive switch and change where we had such a large population where we were able to give an actual national level type competition. And that's not even looking into 2024 where we, now we have, because again, the growth kind of snowballed throughout the year going into 2024, tons of exciting things, right? regional level events which then qualify you for national level events which winning those regional level events can get you a free spot to another meet the, the, whether it's the nationals etc blah 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 so a lot of cool things there in 2024 but having that national championships in vegas at a hotel ballroom with those three platforms showed another very cool massive different shift uh that we were able to bring in 2023 fantastic meet Kind of fun. A lot of people loved being able to compete on a national level stage under a federation that they want to support and be involved with, you know, and then sprinkled in between there, you had the surge new levels meet, which again has been a meet 
uh, like a, a pro am competition like the Ghost Clash for many many years. This was, I believe, the first year it being ran under the WRPF. And, you know, um, Sergio runs fantastic meet, has an awesome gym, great community, great backing. You know, so tons of pro-level lifters were there. And, again, that helped contribute to that, you know, over $100,000 prize money given away, you know, in just this calendar year. Um, and then we snowballed into the American Pro 2, right? You guys have already heard at a pre-show, at a post-show, that meet has really helped elevate and change the game, given other federations, given other meets, given other people something that they want to see. You know, uh, it's helped really make powerlifting professional. And again, there's there's no definition of what it takes to run. You know, uh, what is a professional meet versus an amateur versus a local level meet, but. When you see these kind of things, that's when you know, whoa, this is different. Whoa, I want to be involved in that. And, you know, what they were able to do this year with the American Pro, uh, me being someone who's ran professional level meets for years and years and years, I'm like, whoa, this is sick. So, and that's something that I, again, we're going to talk a little about the Ghost Clash because that's what we're going into next. Um most of my guests that I've been interviewing the last couple of weeks and will be interviewing for the next 14 weeks are going to be people who are competing at the ghost clash. Um, the production and that level of things that they bring to that meet. It's not easy to do. You know, that kind of stuff isn't possible without yes, the support of lifters, but also the support of sponsors, um, crews and availability. It's unfortunate and I've had this conversation with other people like, oh, you know, you should move the ghost clash out of Miami. Miami has rapidly grown into being one of the most expensive cities to live in since post-COVID, people moving to Florida, specifically Miami. It's nuts, right? Like I said, getting an amazing venue here in Miami, like what I have, costs you know six to maybe eight times what it would cost if i was just in central florida kind of the middle of nowhere whatever whatever it is um so it's hard it's hard and it's it, it's a little bit it's more expensive on lifters too but i also think it's an attraction for lifters right it, it may be more expensive for you to fly into miami to rent an airbnb to rent a hotel to rent a car uh, food, all that stuff is significantly more expensive in Miami, but it also contributes to the experience, right? These international lifters, these amateur lifters who were able to stag- snag a sm- spot for day one amateur day um, are like, whoa, I'm going to go compete with John Hack and, you know, whoever else. But then I'm also going to go to South Beach after and vacation in Miami. You know, you don't have that same thing if you go to friggin' Alabama, you know, or wh- wherever else you go. No offense to Alabama. I've been there. Cool place. But it's not the same, you know, sex appeal that somewhere like Miami has. And that's why even though I live in Miami, sure, I don't want to move my meat out of Miami. Even if I didn't, I wouldn't because that's part of the excitement. And that's part of the attraction. But with that, it makes everything so much more expensive. If I was to try to rent, you know, the same production stuff that people can rent in other cities, it's going to cost, you know, 5x. It's going to cost five times more. So my goal always has been for the uh, Ghost Clash 
is give a fantastic meet with good production, the best live stream possible, but also try to raise the highest prize pool and prize money possible. Last year, we were able to give away $50,000. Huge. I haven't seen money like that in the untested side of things since the, the U.S. Open, right? Um, my goal this year is to hopefully meet or surpass that. It doesn't happen without sponsors and people giving back. So a quick plug in here, if you are listening to this and you own a business and you're interested in sponsoring or being involved with the Ghost Clash, please send me an email. It's ghostclashmiami at gmail.com. If you're an individual who wants to give back and sponsor the meet, we're doing something called a community collaborator where anyone can donate any amount of money, right? From, you know, a hundred bucks to a thousand bucks. And you're going to get a shout out and you're going to be recognized. And that money is 100% going directly into that athlete prize pool. And you will see how it grows. We'll give you the figures. We'll give you the numbers. That meat's not going. That money's not going to the venue. That money's not going to paying staff. That money's not going to paying me. That money's going nowhere other than to the athlete prize pool. And every sponsor dollar, every whether you're like I said, that individual, you're a company who wants to get involved. 100% of sponsorship money, same exact thing, goes 100% into the athlete prize pool, nowhere else. I have spreadsheets with those figures of our sponsors who come on board. Not a single penny goes to the venue. Not a single penny goes to anything else. I pay all that. I pay my venue. I pay my staff. I pay everyone. Sponsors, 100% into that prize pool. We are just over $30,000 right now, 15 weeks out. Tons of time to continue growing that. So again, if you want to get involved, help sponsor, help give back, any amount of money, right? 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever you can. GhostClashMiami at gmail.com. That money will go directly to the athletes, directly to the athlete prize pool. And that that that's what I do. That's that's what my goal is with the Ghost Clash. That's what my goal with my end of professional powerlifting in the WRPF is. And that's the next thing that we have coming up, right? We're close, We're cl- here closing out 2023. I'm already, I've been planning since the summer, the ghost clash, got my venue, paid for my venue, all that stuff. Meat sold out since the summer. And here we are 15 weeks out, super, super excited. It's been an amazing year. It's been a super fun year. Me being able to travel. I've been traveling for powerlifting meets for years now, but you know, making sure I was able to be present at a lot of these main meets, being at nationals, being at the American pro um, and seeing just, you know, the massive amount of people influx, high level lifters, beginning lifters, everything, you know, we have, if you, if we open, open powerlifting and you just filter the top lifters of 2023 and you look at their, 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 their placing of where they are. And then you look at the federation of where they did it in. A huge majority of it, I don't, I, I didn't get the exact data, right? But a huge majority of them are were all done in the WRPF. Here right now, I have literally just all all sexes, raw and raw with wraps, by dots, and boom, those uh, first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the first eight. Are all were all done in the WRPF, the highest dots of all time, male and female, all top eight, all done in the WRPF. That's pretty freaking cool. A couple years ago, that wasn't the case. 
So that's really, really cool to see the growth and the the level of high-level competition gravita- gravitating towards us and to this. And to think about what the growth will be going into the next year is super exciting. I love nerding out. I like looking at those numbers, looking at those those different statistics, and it's it's very cool to see. Um, Open Powerlifting is a fun tool. Go on there, filter, go look at those different lifters, look across federations. You know, this year, our drug-tested side of things has made huge, huge shifts. If you want more specific information on that, go back and listen to an old episode we did with Al Alvarado, our head of drug testing, and he talked about a lot of that that was being implemented over the summer and how that just continued to grow uh, throughout the year. Um, you know, the strictness of the testing, what compounds are being tested for, our amount of tested meats. Um, that's been, I think, one of the biggest and exciting changes in the Federation this year. Because, again, we've had pro-level meats for multiple years now. But the, the level of the drug tested and uh, availability of it has grown huge. Um, it's been a fun year been a fun year I, I could talk for days i could talk for days about powerlifting and the things that we've seen happen over the almost 10 years or over 10 years that i've been in it and the amount of growth and change that i've seen just in the last two years compared to those other eight years prior is is tenfold it, it's unlike anything so it's very cool it's very exciting thank you guys Thank you for supporting us here at the WRPF. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for supporting powerlifting and being involved. I hope you guys enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you guys listening to this are going to enjoy your new year. Have a good time. I hope a lot of you guys listening that I'll see at the Ghost Clash on April 6th and 7th here in Miami. Keep listening to the podcast. We're going to keep interviewing a lot of the top lifters who we're going to have competing. This is episode 36 of the WRPF podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a good one.